One. Well, the Russell rebalance is now completed. And it looks pretty similar to me to the way it was before. We'll discuss those tech stocks that got hit, the other stocks that got a rebound, and where they're going from here. Earning a season rolls along. Tim Quast at 8.35. This is pre-market prep on a Monday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Uh, after a two-day losing streak, we're starting out in the green by seven and three-quarters handles as we speak at 45.72.50. The buck back over par, up up a nickel, one double oh eighty-five. Bonds getting a rebound, too. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. Bonds are up over half a point at nearly 127. Crude continues its move towards $80. Sixty cents at nineteen sixty-seven twenty. Silver trying to get over twenty-five. That's up nearly fourteen cents at twenty-four eighty-three and a half. And Bitcoin, despite the good news, we lose thirty k. We're down six hundred and forty-five dollars at twenty-nine thousand two hundred and forty. Let's bring in Triple D. Let's find out what size popcorn he got at the Barbie movie. Ha. Huh. I know I have to go. It is on the to-do list here because my daughter wants to see the movie very badly, but I did not get there this weekend. It was a busy weekend. We're planning on maybe one night this week or maybe next weekend getting out there, but she's pumped for the Barbie movie. It did pretty good here, didn't it? Money Mitch, you in the background there? We're, I'll be we're right there. I'm Mitch. sorry. Just having some camera issues there, but I'm back here. What What um, was the Barbie? Let's talk. Do you have the numbers? How'd they do? Of course, man. Barbie making a powerful statement in the box office with an estimated $155 million in domestic ticket sales and outbeating Oppenheimer, um, which was the real battle, right? Was it the big manly movie or was it the big female movie that was going to win? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Seems like we didn't get it. The guys didn't get out to the movie theaters this time because uh, definitely Barbie killing it there. Barbie killing it. Um, and one thing that I will say, though, is this movie did cost Warner Brothers $145 million. Oh, 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 um, wow. And then also to state on that, this doesn't include the marketing that was included for Barbie. Big costs. And I was talking Barbie. with my wife and uh, her friend. They went to the mall this weekend and they said, Almost every single store had a Barbie section and was just pink, like a whole section, just pure pink out there. The marketing was pink. insane. I know. I know. So um, the amount of money that was spent for marketing, I can just imagine. I even heard that uh, Mattel was even getting potentially sued because they were giving out Barbies in elementary schools like as a donation. Oh, um, really? But people were like, there. this is just a sneaky little marketing scheme by Mattel. Let's get these kids hooked on Barbie. Yeah. 
they were just yeah. handing I out saw some displays too. I went to Walmart and they had a big Barbie display. And it was like Barbie the movie too. So even at Walmart. So you're seeing the Mattel push here. The yeah. stock of Mattel is up here this morning. I have sold out of my Barbie trade this morning. So I've been pretty much in Mattel every single night making money because it usually seems to be up in the mornings. Um, I'm out. I'm out. Barbie trade. We had the nice run up. But I mean, the run up started early in June. It's been a good run here. I think I don't take the chances after the fact. So I'm ringing the register. The event is over. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Uh, just looking at it technically, and I, I'd like to set up on the daily. Who knows if this move, magical move, and Barbie will continue. You got a triple top just over the 22 area. Uh, they've been defending just under 21. So let's see. Let's just look at this 2150 area that's kind of like in the little, you know, a little bit with the retracement with the low of the move. So I think it's a big day today. I like to see it, you know, take out Friday's high, 2159, make a new uh, closing high for the move. But until Barbie can get a sustained 22 bid, I don't know. I think you might see some profit takers. In it's there. just the it's classic magical buy run. on rumor, buy ahead of the exactly. event. And then sometimes you see it's a crapshoot, but a lot of times you see the sell-on news. We're early here this morning. People are talking. It's been talked about on CNBC. They're buying Martel up. Oh, it's exciting. I would not be surprised if there's a rug pull here. So that's why I'm out. WBD is a Mitch money play on this one. Yeah. And um, it hasn't participated, really. It's kind of been disappointing. Um, I've tried to play it a couple of times with limited success. It's up here again. I did have it over the weekend. I did sell it. So, you know, I made about 1% here, but I'm out on that one too. So I'm completely out of the Barbie trade here now. Hey, Dennis, I, I, Eric, I was... Eric slipping in here. Uh, for a trade like Mattel, that's a little bit, uh, uh, that's more of a speculative trade, right? You're not trying to hedge that off as, uh, with a lot of things, right? Like, uh, No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you Tracked Alpha, you know, we talk about this the event run up, you know, from earnings, from like an Apple event, from, you know, if there's a catalyst, the run up into the catalyst. We talk about that all the time, trying to extract Alpha because there's a buzz, there's an excitement. You know how I like to be long stock before they report. This is the same type of a trade, being long the Barbie movie before the Barbie movie gets released. And, okay. you know, it, and it worked out pretty well. The last week was somewhat disappointing. It worked better the week before. But there were still times where it seemed to be up every morning. Like it seemed like you'd come in and it would be up. So it was giving you outs. Even on some of these down days, it was still giving you outs. So, um, so yeah, so I was playing it from the long side, which we talked about overnight here, you know, in and out, like because I'm still 24 hour trades. But, you know, I buy it overnight, hold it overnight every single, every single night for like the last seven or eight days I've done that and then selling it out early in the morning. Well, talk about running up to an event. The analysts were all over Domino's Pizza going into uh, uh, going into the uh, report. You want to hit that, or should we just finish up with uh, the rebalance trade? I, I, I'm sorry, no, I well, skipped over yeah, that. He's taking over here. Well, let's recap. So let's go back to the rebalance trade because let's recap what's happened last week. Um, QQQ Friday's trade was very obvious that they were hitting the big seven and they were buying other stocks. So we expected this to happen earlier. It really didn't go on till Friday. Um, Friday, well, maybe Thursday, Thursday a little bit, Microsoft started getting weak, but Friday was very evident. Microsoft was down big, NVIDIA was down big. They had huge sell imbalances into the close. Um, so you could see NVIDIA closing on the low print. I actually bought NVIDIA on the closing print, it gapped down another buck and a half on the closing print. If you look at it there, you won't see them chart because it moves so much, but it gapped down another dollar 
So I was able to actually buy the closing print. And then I flipped it out after hours for an immediate. I mean, I was in that trade. I got filled at 4309. I brought it up and it was 4475 bit. So it's literally a dollar fifty just from buying the closing print. I was like, thank you. I took the dollar fifty and I'm gone. But the trade usually is, we knew Friday. So today is the official start of the new QQQ, but it was Friday's close, which was marking it. So the end of the trade was Friday's close. So the question now is now that you've had this rebalance and you definitely saw some pressure in NVIDIA and especially Microsoft, two of the big ones that were actually going to have huge sales on them, which we talked about last week. Does that trade reverse here now? And do you see strength in those stocks as that QQ trade um, is now done, the rebalance trade. I think you're looking, you look. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm just looking at it like you know, technically, and these stocks had really nice moves, right? Uh, before this has been just like an unbelievable run in Nvidia. So I'll be looking to see how much you know you made that all time high. I just throw four eighty one. They took it down a forty point move. You know, can this get? If this is Nvidia, if we're gonna keep going, it's just gonna keep rolling. It's gonna get back to this four sixty area, which is the area of Friday's high, and keep on going. I mean, if not, perhaps more work to do on the downside. But that's the way I'd be looking at it. All the charts are a little bit different, but you know, see how much of that moves. Same thing for Microsoft. Makes a new all time high. That they were leaning into that one pretty heavy three days in a row. See what it gets on a bounce. So uh, that's what I'd be looking for in the big boys. And then the ones reversing. Well, look at Walgreens. I mean, look at that four day rally. You mentioned Starbucks too. Uh, you know, will they will they be able to hold even the closing? This price? is the opposite. So just to clarify, because it's a confusing trade for a lot of people who don't trade rebalances, is the textbook trade is usually the fade. On the, on the last day and then the reversal the next week. So you would actually be, if you're playing the classic, you'd be buying the clothes on the NVIDIAs and the Microsofts and you actually would be shorting the clothes on the ones that were getting added, when, the ones that were getting you know buys into it. So if we look at those names like Costco, COST, had a very strong Friday. PepsiCo has been running. That's been running. Um, I'm just I'm just cherry picking the, the big ones here. I'm looking at that sheet that you we got from Starbucks. You said yeah, Starbucks was another one. Cisco was strong. Texas Instruments was strong on Friday. TXN. So the classic mm -hmm. trade is actually the reversal of that. So I mean, if you're just ignoring technicals altogether and just doing it from how you know these these sometimes historically work, is you actually see the trade reverse itself on the Monday. So you'd look for weakness in those other stocks. So you'd actually look for strength in the big seven. And weakness in the other 90s, 93. I'm just looking for the cheese and Domino's pizza, of course. Uh, let's go to it as they surpass expectations in Q2 EPS of $3.08, but fall slightly short on sales at $1.2 Meanwhile, U.S. same store sales growth at 0.1. was better actually international growth for Domino's pizza. But hey, they're still staying above uh, par here on same store sales growth. What was the gap up? I don't I, remember. That is, I know up. exactly. I, hey, Mitch, why don't you pull up pro here? This is all analyst. Both of these gaps, I believe, the one was in that June, an upgrade? I think so. Oh, I my think, gosh. Yeah. Well, really? Dennis, I think you played the first upgrade here, like uh, back in uh, mid-June. <laughs> I remember you talking about it and like, oh, gapped up. You're like, oh, that 317. That, that's not bad. 
and then it kind of waffled and then came back and check again check for me mitch was it uh you. Right it had right a now. big day on july 12th it stuck on 40 bucks is was that a was that an analyst move that day that's what i thought it was i, I think they, you might uh, be right i'm starting to think like and I, I remember thinking holy is that overdone so it was maybe an upgrade that's I think crazy twice. that moved that much on an upgrade all uh, right so i think you're right recent upgrades uh there's a there was one on the 13th um and then what was what was the what was the dates we're looking at right now joel what do you got there uh well i know for sure the one in june uh that Mm -hmm. that bump uh let's see what day was that gap up on uh june 15th yeah that's uh, stiefel that's stiefel and then what about uh, i think it's the 13th one yeah, that's the thirteenth one, of. right? That's what I yeah. thought too. Who was that's North Coast that? Research oh, oh, uh, upgrades to buy with a price target here of four thirty, and that got them going. After yeah, that, because that is the, seeing... the day it was up. Or you started seeing a lot Wait, of no, maintains. No, no, it was the twelfth. The gap up was the twelfth. That was the extra one. So what was the day before that one? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't an upgrade. Anyways, regardless here. It had the big up move. It was a deal with Uber. Thank you, New York Giants. Oh, that, yeah, thank you. Okay. It was not your wrong, Joel. It was I the was deal wrong. with Uber. That is yeah, correct. That was being news. able to o- order from Uber Eats, right? That was the deal there. Yeah, thank you very much. We're looking for an upgrade that didn't exist. So it was a deal with Uber. Anyways, let's talk the earnings here. So the earnings were okay. The stock got hit hard oh, boy, off oh, the boy, bat. Boy. They bought this right back. I guess, you know, they're just still in buy the dip mode here. Um, so they see a stock down 20, 15 bucks it was earlier in the session. 4 a.m. traders getting rocked on this one. Stocks come all the way back up here now. 385. We're actually green. So I guess the quarter's okay. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the old one number trick on this one. And I'm going to throw out the pre-market action. And I'm going to look at the low uh, of that gap day, that crazy day, the Uber uh, Uber Eats day. And that low was 381.24. We're four bucks above that. I think, you know, and it's very hard for me to do when I see a gap in something like this. But I'd say, man, I I would try and stay bullish. But then it takes out that 381.24 in the regular session with some kind of volume. Then you get into open air, like really open air on the downside. So let, let's keep an eye on that for today. That's that's my one number for Domino's Pizza. Apple in the news, and it's big, making big moves, of course, asking suppliers to ship 85 million new iPhones in 2023 as they are trying to stay ahead of inventory so they don't run into inventory supply issues here for the new iPhone. And that number is about the same as last year. So if you're just trying to look and fill out projections, it's not like they're asking for less or more. They're asking for about the same amount as last year. Um, and this is what we've talked about on the big seven. I mean, a lot of, you know, NVIDIA side, let's go, you know, it's not say the big seven because NVIDIA has been, you know, growing the bottom line here. The top line growth has not really been there for the Apples and the Microsofts. This move is all multiple expansion. You know, the reason, you know, these stocks is it went from 24, 25 times earnings to 30 times earnings. That's what, you know, is it's all multiple expansion, this recent move. There's a lot of balls to juggle. I want to see how they respond to, you know, now the rebalance is over. That was weighing on the stocks for the last couple of days. Do they get this lift into it, which would be the classic lift? Or are these things just too crowded now to the long side? And maybe there's going to be, you know, that, you know, little bit of a sell-off here. Because we haven't had a serious sell-off in Apple or Microsoft in a very long time. 
getting a little sympathetic pop on this one, but you know we're still a long ways out from Friday's high. Uh, Friday's high comes in just under 195, so I, you know, there is room up to that area if the rally continues here in the market, but. Just doesn't feel like it. High close of the move, too. All-time closing high right there, 195.10. So that's a long-term number, major resistance right now for Apple. Coming back on the downside, comfortably above uh, Friday's low at uh, 91.23. And I also, I didn't mention uh, the Spoo's got a, you know, after the, the hit, you know, um, you know, the run-up early in the week at the hit at the end of the week. As things stand right now, you got you got three lows in the same area, Thursday, Friday, and then if Monday lows hold. So looks like you just had another shallow pullback if we can hold this off 45-60 area. Well, the other thing we haven't mentioned too, Joel, and we didn't mention this on the show because we never give the Dow any love. The Dow has been up, did you know this stat, for 10 yeah. consecutive days. Yeah, Dow has been yeah. up for 10 consecutive days. It was up by a fraction of a point on Friday, so it just barely got it. But the Dow has been up for 10 days in a row. It doesn't feel like it, but it's telling you, again, the Dow is a lot more value-oriented because there's 30 stocks, but a lot of them are like cash. You know, they're making money. They don't put stuff in there that loses money. So, you know, obviously companies can turn around and start losing money, but when they're going in, that's one of the criterion. So it's more of a value index. Mm-hmm. Dow, breaking out here. Like, is this turning into the value market? Is this where we're heading here? Or exactly. is this just a blip? I mean, all these to be determined here. Last couple of days, not great for ARKK, I'll tell you that much. But value is still holding up here. Well, Money Mitch, what are your thoughts here? Are we rotating into value? And does this trade continue? No, I just think all boats are being lifted. Um, that's what I think is I think what you saw last week was rotation to some of those value plays. But I think you'll quickly see, especially if we have some good reports this week. We know that the big boys are reporting this week. And if those could have good reports, yeah, I think the tech trade could be right back. And then the value names get forgotten again. So uh, I think this is one of those that you're just seeing a bull market, a real bull market where it starts to Where's lift not going. just the seven stocks, but yeah. all stocks. And then when that happens, we got to be careful trying to short the beast that this market is right now because we're seeing a wicked rotation. Even when tech sells off, what did you see? You saw financials higher. You saw yes. utilities higher. Yeah. You saw yeah. healthcare higher. And if it's yeah. always just going to rotate, well, then we got to stay with that rotation, right? And just be nimble, understand that there's going to be pullbacks, and then staying with that rotation in the other game. Like Walmart. Walmart. This like is Walmart, a great point. A perfect stop. You know you're in the bull market when they sell the mega cap techs, but they don't go to cash. They go to other stocks. Exactly. And this is exactly right. It's like when they were selling tech last week, they were buying other things. And that's where the bulls are still in control here until we start seeing selling across the board. And I mean, you know, that can happen. We're getting at Microsoft and Google. But even if Mike on Tuesday, but even if they miss... They probably are just going to sell those stocks and buy other stocks. I don't know if they're going to turn around and just sell everything because Microsoft and Google miss. But I mean, that's really tonight is quiet. You know, we got Domino's Pizza today, and then you know tonight we got like NXPI, which can move mm-hmm. the you know the, the semis a little bit. Logitech's on there, Whirlpool's on there, but it's, tonight's pretty quiet. Tomorrow is like Microsoft and Google and Texas Instruments and Spotify and Snapchat always seems to move the market to a certain extent. Visa. I mean, and then Wednesday, we get Meta, and Thursday, Amazon, and Intel, and McDonald's. We got some names this week. There it is, Money Mitch. Beautiful calendar there. Mm-hmm. But you can see, tomorrow night is really the real kickstart of earnings season, because it's the first reports from the big guns. 
Just to mention, I think a really important report for me is going to be that GE report. It's been going up all year. Will it finally break that trend? I mean, talk about a channel. This has been in channel station all year yeah. long. I mean, it's ridiculous of the run that it's been on. But hey, I'm not going to get in the way of this. I'll be waiting to see what reports come this week. A lot of action going to be coming, especially starting Tuesday through the rest of the week. We have a lot to go through. Of course, we got the Fed FOMC minutes uh, meeting on Wednesday. Then we'll get also PCE. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a week. Just get ready, guys. All right, let's go to AMC here as AMC is definitely ripping. You guys can say that here as yeah. a whopping 60% surge in shares after the judge blocks a proposed settlement on the stock's conversion plan. And then you guys got Adam uh, Adam Aaron, CEO, giving out an open letter uh, trying to get AMC investors to kind of buy into this plan. And I don't know how he thinks people Man. buy into this plan. It's dilution. Um, he wants to dilute the company's stock further. This thing's been so massively He just diluted. wants to I don't pay know his debt. This guy a pass. Yeah, he like, just wants to pay his debt and let everybody else pay it for him. Yeah. In any regard, so Friday night this happened, and Ape got murdered, Joel. Murdered. Shit. They knocked this thing down to 90 cents, and then they slowly bought it back, and it went back to flat. So it went all the way down, actually lower than that. It got down to 75 cents from a buck 80. So they were like basically saying it's over for the Ape story. Well, no, not so fast because Aaron Aaron's fighting it now. Adam Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Adam Aaron's fighting it now. And <laughs> the stock came all the way back. So, I mean, the buy the dip and Ape. You literally doubled your money if you bought that dip or more, eighty-five cents to a buck seventy. I got it. I got it. Sixty-seven cent though. I got it. Go sixty-seven cents. Yes, it did. Oh, if I the dippers are killing it on the ape, and the AMC ripped up over eight dollars. Oh man! Back here now. It got almost nine. Was the play to short now because they're worried that they are going to try to still push this through, even though the judge blocked it. Was the play the the short AMC long ape? It was right on there. Friday night. If you were doing that, you did well with it. So, I mean, now it's come back and AMC's still up and, you know, Ape. So, either way, I guess, you know, the people who own them both are kind of happy because one's up 35% and the other one's barely down now. But I cannot believe the rebound in that APE. So, again, they're thinking that somehow Adam Aaron's going to get this pushed through. This one in the open letter, I think, is a good one. He stated, I don't hold these views. Um, but I am AMC's largest retail shareholder, and I have retail. an economic interest in more than 8.3 million of AMC shares and ape units. So he's like, oh, I'm the biggest exposed to this dilution. That's what he pretty much wrote in the open. Yeah, as he sells stock on it. a daily basis. Well, uh, that's what I don't like is he sold a lot of stock up there, and we know that. you know. And he was saying, well, you know, I diversify. I'm getting close to retirement. I mean... He made a lot of money off the apes. So, you know, Adam Aaron is what it is. But, you know, he was definitely, you know, saying he's a victim or anything like this. He's one that made a lot of money off of the apes. Wow, this AMC. I'm just, look, I saw this news and I'm like, wow. I wonder what kind of pop it's going to get. 
But just, you know, if you're trading this kind of stuff after hours, or you're involved uh, in it. I mean, look at this daily high that you had at 850. I'm just looking March. You had a high at 850. And then you could, or that was in February. Then you completely unraveled there. So that, unfortunately, that is not a good level now because we're yeah. $2.50 away from it. I didn't like to see this saying where, yeah, I think it's holding six bucks off the open is pretty it's, important. It's hard to trade it technically, though, because now you're getting headlines. Now they're yep. going to try to push this through. If this conversion goes through, it's massive dilution. It's not good for AMC. Um, it's good for Ape. But if this conversion does happen, you know, then obviously, you know, you're diluting your stock shares further. So it was, you know, that's why they rallied this thing, AMC, 100% Friday night. So, like, finally, this deal's killed and we don't have to worry about the dilution. But we know what's happened, obviously, is, you know, Adam Aaron spotted here over the weekend. Now we're trying to, you know, see and it's going to be headline driven going forward. So and what I and I before I left, I remember talking about, you know, we got to start co-locating uh, co with the courts. I mean, it's been court decisions. You know, of course, we knew about the uh, Activision and Microsoft and then uh, this. And then there was something else that moved huge off uh, a court decision, too. So, man, keep your eye on, uh, on, the, on the legal system, really having some big impacts. And Ape, you're getting your money back on this one. If you bought the dip, it's unchanged. So let's see if Ape can uh, stay green and let's see if AMC has uh, can hold six bucks in here, up a buck sixty on huge volume. All right, we'll see what's going on, but I, I'm wondering if uh, Meta will continue to decline now that we have the surprising turn of events. Twitter going to rebranding to X? What? What, what is this? I saw the X in X. the corner, so I went and I, I logged into Twitter. It was this morning, and it was the first time I noticed it. I'm like, what is this X in the corner? I'm like, what? what the hell is this? It's weird. So anyway, so they're rebranding. So they killed the bird. So Joel, this is good news for us. It's great news. We for have us. a monopoly. Look at That's our bird. It was bird, always man. Close to That's our bird. bird. Ours would look better though because we had the worm coming out of it here. So anyways, there you go. So we got we got full. Uh, we, it's our bird now, fully. Thank you. Cannot you, Elon compete Musk. with us. We are the oh. only ones with the cool blue bird now. <laughs> he didn't want to compete the with word, us. Oh, I like it. I like the news. Bird's the word. Doesn't don't you guys know that, man? Come on. That, All right, not, so not for Twitter anymore. Now, will this affect how Meta has been trading? Because Meta, of course, got that rip and went above 300. Now you're starting to see it really turn back around. Can Meta continue lifting off of the thread news? Mm, I don't know if boy. it can get back to that 300. That was a pretty tough one crack thing to consider there. was part of the rebalance as well. It was a smaller part of it, yes. but it was there. It was weak on Thursday and Friday. You can see the two candles. I don't think it's coincidental that it was getting mm -hmm. sold and that you know QQQ rebalance. That trade is over now. So you could see, and I think you are seeing a little bit of that relief pop this morning. I'm gonna be back with you guys in five minutes here. I got more stuff going on. Um Okay. All right, good. Um Let's see. We'll look at uh, the technicals in this one, and uh, yeah, I'll just think, stick Joel? with the. I'm sorry. What do you think here, Joel? I, uh, I like just I love I I love with these kind of setups because mm -hmm. you have you have both. I mean, you have 
great levels to look at. Let's say 319 down to uh, 291. So that's uh, that's 19 and 9, right? 32. Mm -hmm. So you take half of that to move. This is called 15, 16 bucks. You know, there's 305, 306 exactly. area right right in the high, right in yesterday's high. So what these stocks have to prove, and that that's right there. That's right at, uh, at Friday's high at uh, 305.46. To me, the move would be how much are you going to get back to this to this three? Can you even get to 306, establish a bid, and keep on going? Or people like, man, I missed my opportunity to sell this over 300. 300's my target now. So let's see. I mean, it's been a magical run on the monthlies. It's been a little bit of hit on the dailies. You're getting a little bit of a relief pop, but boy, oh boy. I mean, you got a ways to go to get back half of the move. Old time high, 318.68. But keep up. I'll make that 305 and a half, 306. I'll make that a four star today. I know it's 10 bucks away, but you know how much Meta can move. Mitch, what are you, what are you seeing on Meta? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I like the 50% retracement outlook. And like I said, I think 300 is going to be a little bit of resistance. Let's see yeah. if we can just quickly get back over that, right? If you're right back over into 305 closing up there today, yeah, I wouldn't be fighting meta. Let's just say that, you know, I think we got to be really careful with these types of stocks that we get quickly bearish because it's just so extended, right? Remember, these are the strongest stocks like meta and NVIDIA. You got to be careful when you're shorting the strongest stocks. At least I would personally put a little warning out there because I know I'm one of those brave souls out there. No, but I, don't do it. Don't I, I, do I'll it. tell you right now, you have to be as nimble and quick on that stop as possible because if not, you could get wiped out. And I think that we got to be careful with stocks like this. So when They're do they, what, I'm trying to look to see when they, earnings. when they, yeah, earnings. Yeah, it's very important. Uh, so we get metas in two days on Wednesday after the close. So uh, that's so, so that be would make, that would make me a little bit leaning more to the, to the sell side than, you know, like, okay, we're just rebounding back to all time highs because, I mean, this thing has had one heck of a run. I mean, and a lot of great quarters, you know, put mm -hmm. back together. So the fact that it's backed off from from the high, be like, man, whew, maybe I'll maybe I'll lighten up a little bit. I mean, this thing was started the year out at uh, boom, boom, boom under under what well it ended the year at 120 34 you're up here trading near 300 bucks i don't know i wouldn't i don't have any of it but man yeah. i i wouldn't be mind taking some off the table ahead of the report it's just been uh been a big run so we'll see and of course uh with this if uh looking at the close uh on friday i'd use that as a important level too anybody that tried that you know Buy the dip on the on the imbalance rebalance print, you know, marked at three ninety four twenty six. Maybe they're holding on for some more. You take that out, and uh, Friday's low down at uh, two ninety one twenty. All right, let's move on to notable analyst ratings today. Let's go to RBC's capital downgrade on Twilio to underperform and lowering the price target to $50. This has been one that we've been kind of playing closely attention to. I know Kathy Woods was definitely like, yeah, I'm all about Twilio. It's down here right back to 6055. What do you see on the charts, Joe? 
Uh, man, they, you know, some people are getting a, a little break here that, uh, you know, had, had sold this thing earlier. I When I see two, three lows in the same area, it catches my attention. Those look, lows come in at 59 bucks. I haven't even seen 60 yet in the pre-market. So I would just keep an eye on this 58, 59 area, see if it catches a bid there. Uh, if not, you look at minor resistance at the close at uh, 62.26. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it kind of just the way this thing, the big run up. I don't know. People behind the dip, perhaps uh, yeah. they'll use this downgrade by RBC to uh, to buy the, to buy the dip. Yeah, I think when this company needs uh, some AI mentions, let's just say that um, I haven't heard too much from Twilio about AI and. I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually do come out with something on that, uh, but keep an eye out for that. Let's go to the next analyst rating here. Let's go to Piper Sandler's downgrade on American Express to underweight and lowering price target to 149. AXP definitely uh, not looking the best after uh, the report and starting to turn around from that 180s. Um, Looks like there's some pretty big resistance right above there. Uh, you got the resistance, but we're traded down. Uh, I don't know why you got this little bump in uh, the final bump in June, had the nice run up. But I, I still think I look at this 165, 165 and a half area um, as potential support. You haven't hit it there in the pre-market. So I, um, I'll use that as support and a continuation. It's been an upward trend, but this has kind of been range bound. Uh, coming back on the upside here. Oh, you're also opening, right? I mean, if bulls want to make a stand right away, you're opening at Friday's low, 167.42. I don't think that's going to happen. I think you get a little selling pressure, but um, use the close as a mark here, 170.22, to see if the street's going to be following this uh, this uh, this downgrade. Uh, but really, choppy price action, if you're looking at it at trading range stock, this 180 has uh, been resistance going back all the way to March. And, hasn't really fully participated in the in the broad markets rally. All right, moving to Bard's upgrade on Netflix. Netflix to outperform and raising the price target to 500. I like this one because, of course, uh, Netflix getting really hit hard on their earnings. And uh, this is definitely going against the price action, at least the recent price action. Uh, but you're getting out of the discount now, right? You're back down to that 425 area. What do you think, Joe? I think you're working on a red candle for the month so far after two really big, uh, you know, two big up months and also really been rallying since the middle of 2022. So a couple things I'd be looking at that close, that month end close from June is major resistance at 440.49. Might not, well, today, uh, that's in the area of yesterday's high, 438.24. Uh, but it just looks like a red candle here on on mm-hmm. the monthly and below this four twenty three fifteen. Like where do you go? At least based on the monthly chart. So better hold there uh, after this uh, upgrade. They hit it hard on earnings. I saw that that had the the gap down day. So hold in here another day. Maybe that's the low for the month. But right now it still looks like some selling pressure on Netflix. All right, and then we'll go to Stiefel's upgrade on Lamb Research to buy and raising price target to seven 
25. Oh, man. These are tough, tough, tough. But it's getting a pop. Same thing. I'll, you know, I could do the old retracement trick on this one, too. Uh, basically, 664 down to 6. Just call it 620. The 630 area, it's trading above it. Uh, my focus, to, man, I don't, I don't have a number for you, man. This thing is a $600 stock. I'll just, I'll go your three day close. It's 640.11 is potential resistance, Mitch. What do you got in this, uh, higher price stock? Uh, you just got to watch what happens in the chip restrictions, right? Um, these haven't affected these companies as much and they've been lifting as tech lifts, but I would still watch be, and be careful the semiconductor equipment stocks for more chip restrictions um, as, of course, there's more battle for technology, China, USA. We saw what happens with okay. the Netherlands. Um, that's one thing that I'd keep an eye out for. And the thing is, it's, these are so expensive when they get hit on news like that. It's like a big pullback. So I'd be a little bit careful on these. I like more the semiconductors than the equipment behind them because I feel like those could have more restrictions. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get out of that conversation. We can talk about the markets all day, but I heard in the chat, I was like, hold on. Is someone asking for market structure Mondays? Of course we got market structure Monday. Tim Quas is ready. The question is, are you? Tim, what's going on? How we doing? Founder and CEO, Mark. Structure Edge at the good old Steamboat. How are we doing today, Tim? Good to see you guys. I'm worn out, actually. We, uh, we, uh, you party we too hiked. hard? Tell the truth, Tim. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we hiked too hard. Well, not too hard, but I uh, love you know, it. There's this, there's this great hike out here called the Zirkle Circle. So it's part of the Zirkle Wilderness. And it looks like, I mean, it looks like the Swiss Alps there. Yes. And there's, you know, I picked up some snow, hands hands full of snow yesterday. Still snow up there in the high country, and oh. uh, but I'm getting old, Mitch. So it took a toll. <laughs> it took yeah, a it toll. definitely takes a toll. I mean, that's not a one mile hike, there, guys. So uh, it, it is not. It's it's we we did nine miles, but you could do that's you could nice do eleven height. or twelve. Yeah, and yeah, it's and, just, it, and it's every step you take is up. Yeah. Uh, it's there is no down so <laughs> we're not talking exactly both yeah. ways but uh, yeah that's both, right both ways. both ways yeah all right tim so uh we we broke out above the uh above the uh expiration high right and that's always mm -hmm. great for a continuation of a trend and then we had a russell rebalance kind of knocked knocked the big boys off last week but uh yeah. you know bullish bearish nunnish what what What's the data saying and what context should we look at it? Yeah, what's, you know, I think it's the, it's the central question, isn't it, Joel? Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think of the market in terms of being bullish or bearish. I think about it, uh, you know, are there opportunities short term or long term? And I think it's important to separate uh, the economy from the market that I, I wish they were connected. They should be. One should be a barometer for the other, but that's simply not the way that the market works anymore. And so, I mean, if you look at the uh, fact set, puts out this data around er each earnings period that I find to be pretty interesting. You could track it almost uh, every week. Uh, 
It's called Earnings Insight. You can look it up. And so here's the economic view of the data. Then we'll talk briefly about the market. Economically, year over year, corporate earnings are down 9% so far as we proceed through the the, uh, earnings cycle. Now, we're only 20% into it. There are 1,500 companies that report results this week. Uh, But earnings down 9%, revenues down about 30 basis points. Uh, Both of those would be the worst since Q3 2020. Now, again, I what does that tell you? Well, it certainly tells you margins are hampered. Companies are not making as much money as they did, yet stocks are trading, in certainly in many instances, at 52-week highs, particularly large caps. So is that justified? Well, of course not. But it, it's a great dovetail into how the market works. And I think it's very important, traders and investors, you got to understand how the market works today. Uh, The market treats stocks as products, not as stories most of the time. The data are simply overwhelming. It's just that most people don't pay attention to it. 85 to, I'm quoting Mark Rowan, CEO of of Apollo Group, 85 to 93% of stock pickers don't beat the benchmark. So you have to realize you have a one in 10 chance of being better than the S&P 500. It's not how the market works because money allocates to benchmarks. There has been a surge. There is no question. We can see it in the patterns of the data, particularly from active money, stock pickers. Stock pickers have come rushing into the market about the time that the the NASDAQ 100 is re-weighting. I think the passives are overweight equities. I can look at it from multiple standpoints and say that the market could be at an inflection point. But is it bullish or bearish? No, I don't really think about it that way. There are always opportunities, uh, but there is a clear disconnect between the market and what is occurring in the economy. There's no question. Yeah, and and I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, I think J.C. Pretz always made this point here, too. You know, most of the time stocks are just trading on, you know, technicals or this or that. And, you know, it, it is there is disconnect. He says there's never connection. There is a connection at times, but yeah. I will agree with you 100% here that, you know, this market doesn't really care that much about the economy right now. This is markets just thinking, oh, stocks are going up, I'm buying. Mm-hmm. So so that's why we, we we jump into, you know, your, you know, obviously your system here, Tim, and we look, you know, and we like to look at the market structure. We like to look at, you know, what supply and demand saying here mm-hmm. because it gives us a glimpse yeah. for this week. That's why we like our Monday segment with Tim Quas because it gives us a glimpse into what, you know, supply and demand is looking like. So can we break into that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I think ahead. one of the biggest things also, of course, is as you pull it up, Tim, is that at the end of the day, this is giving us an edge off of what? Off of more of a data outlook than our just thinking, right? Because one of the things that yeah. we can easily do in the market is just overthink the market, right? Well, yeah. This can make things a lot easier for you if you're that type of person or investor. Let's take a look here. Let's get into market structure edge. Let's see what the data is pointing down. And you know, to put context around, can you do me a favor, Tim? Just because yeah. I, I can't see it for some reason, can you yeah. reshare that? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. oh, there it's it goes. I woke up. It's I woke okay. up. Little, little slow, like yeah, me. Uh, just a no little worries. bit slow. It's I'm slow scary. this. I, I'm slow too today. <laughs> Monday cobweb. Yeah, well, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it feels like late July. The, yeah. the, so for context, if you're, you know, if you, what is market structure? It's the mechanics, uh, the rules, mechanics uh, um, uh, and rules that govern how the U.S., you know, since U.S. stock market centric, how it works. Bunch of rules govern 
how trades match, uh, how stocks get priced and quoted. That's all regulated. So beautiful thing about that is we can build mathematical models that look at it. And it's not technical or fundamental. Technical inputs and fundamental inputs are a part of demand and supply. So, you know, if I, this is what I mean. Demand right at five is is low volatility. Stocks that spend a lot of time at five are low volatility stocks like, you know, Philip Morris, uh, Colgate Palmolive, uh, Southern Company, just picking stuff. Uh, when demand is at five and supply falls, there is a probability of producing returns. And that applies to whether you're trading low volatility, meaning you're hitting singles, not home runs, just want to get on base, take a little profit, or momentum. Momentum has really big divergences. So this is what we look for all across the market. Is there momentum? Is there low volatility? What is occurring in the broad market? Broad market is much hotter right now than the low volatility portfolio, which is at five. 5.6 if you took an average at certain points, but right now five. So 6.6 is the, that's the S&P 500. Whoops, I got to reload that. Sorry about that. So if you look at Broad market sentiment, I think this is very telling. If you back up and you look at a, I'm going to do this for the sake of of illustrating a point. So if you look at a three-year view, where did the market do really well? Well, it did really well in here, back here from November 2018, all the way to uh, around around, uh, September 2021. This is a great stretch. What was demand like? What was, there are no drops below the green line at all. Very strong demand and then come down and look at supply. Supply was very consistently below the trend line. When those conditions exist, stocks do well. When stocks begin to spend more time below that green line and supply rises, rises above trend, they don't do well. So what is it now? Well, we've had the same conditions as back here. We have very strong demand, nothing below the green line, and insufficient supply. That's what causes stocks to rise. If those conditions break down, and they tend to break down once the demand rises above the red line, then we have trouble. I can't tell you right now what's going to happen next. Uh, It will all depend on the supply-demand equation. That's why I'm neither bullish nor bearish. I could look at those data and say, well, could go on. I could also say what could fall apart at any moment. So what do you do? What do you do? What do we do? (laughs) Yeah, Tell me what to do. That's what we all want to know. We just want a simple answer that says, can I do something that will consistently produce returns? Well, I'll tell you, you know, what I do. And and so I was, I bought two positions in the momentum portfolio on Thursday because there were over 20 components in it. Right at the end of the day, Two, two uh, uh, com, uh, members of that portfolio, Twilio and Trade Desk, were down almost all of their volatility, how much they move every day. Well, I can look at the supply and demand balance and say, that's a pretty good bet. On Friday, I was stopped out of both, but I, you know, I lifted my stops well above my entry point. So I was assured of making money. I didn't yeah. care if I hit my limit or my stop, but it was telling that they stopped out. So I made about 80 basis points on those. That's fine. I'm very happy with that. And that's really what you do. If we look at this Benzinga July 24 portfolio, look at this. Demand very steady, supply falling. That kind of condition will produce a return most of the time, statistically 72% of the time, no matter what your entry point is. 
uh, in one to three days, you can produce a return of about 1%. So that to me is what you can do in any market. You know, if I were to pick one of these, I'll go up here and do it. I would say, how about Leandel Bazell? You know, big, big lithium company. I really yeah. don't care what they do. I care whether, because that what they do is known by somebody else whose opinions and actions are an input into demand. So I don't have to know what someone else knows. All I have to know is, do people agree? Well, generally, people agree that Leandel Bazell is a low volatility, steady demand stock with falling supply. What happens in any market? Pick your thing when there's steady demand and falling supply. Prices rise, right? Yeah. That's always what happens. Yeah. Now, it's not perfect, but that's how to look at it. And to me, that's what you do. That's how you, you can trade just about any market. Yeah, and I think one thing that uh, stands out to me, Tim, is that uh, we've been able to keep a mix of volatility and those momentum names. What does that tell us, Tim? It tells us that the market doesn't have full agreement on, on the conditions in the market. If, you, if those two things are very similar, look, and the numbers have fallen. You know, if we went back to May, mid-May, right at options expirations, there was an explosion of momentum uh, components, momentum portfolio components jumped up to like 35. Well, that's a lot. And sure enough, the market ran until that number dropped. Then, then low volatility jumped up to 35. And what happened to the Dow Jones industrial average? It hit 52 week highs because everybody mm -hmm. wanted low volatility. And when the two are very similar, it tells you there is a bifurcation of opinion under the skin of the market. People are wondering whether this is sustainable. And yet there's enough enthusiasm to impute a, a bit of momentum to the market. It's kind of a clash. And I don't know when, you know, which side wins out. I don't really care. I'm just going to keep trading divergences. Tim, what's been working for me is looking at your market structure edge, just that first momentum one. I like seeing those momentum stocks. I think there was eight last week. There was four the previous week. It looked like there was 11 in there. And I always like to see them because they change. Yes, I like to do. see what's in there. So if you can dig back into there, Gives you a feel for where people are looking right now. So, you know, I really like that. You know, and here you go. There's 11 of them there. AMD, that's a new one in there. That it was is. In the last week. It is. Yeah. AMD at the top. Is this now just alphabetically or is this priced because, you know, there's, is this list? This, um, no, it's not it, alphabetical. No, it will be ranked by first by demand, then okay. by supply. Okay. So notice the AMD is an eight. I'll zoom that in a little bit and has 49.2% supply. That's pretty high. It means almost half of the trading volume, the volume. This is not short interest. It is volume. It's the modified uptick data set. So 49, almost half of AMD's daily volume of 77 million shares is borrowed, right? So it's good to know that. That's still okay. I don't worry about that particularly. Then notice the first 10 is Baker Hughes Energy, and it will be ranked by the lowest supply, then that will move up to the highest, which is square. There are a lot of financials in here. Notice that whole yeah. stack of financials at the top end of it, which is weird, <laughs> right? That to me is a, that's a little, <laughs> you know, it should that be true? Well, not, not fundamentally it shouldn't, but it's not fundamentally driven. This isn't being driven by fundamentals per se, but notice that active money is a big buyer of these financials. That's interesting to me. Passive money is buying healthcare. There is some passive in larger, 
larger financials. Notice that yeah. seventy-four billion in market cap is is uh, is Blackstone. Uh, Blackstone. Yeah, Blackstone. Blackstone. So so passive money buys size. Active money will say, "Oh well, we like these stocks." Well, I, they may be wrong. I'd rather follow passive money than active money, frankly. But uh, there's your there's your set, Dennis. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too is like you were saying, there's actually a number of different industry groups covered in there. Sometimes you see and it's right. all tech or it's all banks, but there was, you know, a few tech stocks. There was right. a, a consumer staple, I believe, in was in there. I, yeah. I forget now the list, but you bring it back up. It seems yep. to be diversified. Yeah. Like that game that Jim Cramer plays, am I diversified? Tim, that was a diversified portfolio right there, I think. It is. It, <laughs> it is. And if you if you bought it, th- mathematically, this this is true. You know, I have we have uh, you know I've got a I call him Young Nate. Scroll the scroll over to see the symbols again. Yeah, he, so, so we crunch data all the time. We found that if you bought the mid, just the midpoint price of anything in the momentum portfolio, you would in in one to three days. We calculate one day, two day, three days. Uh, what's the probability of a one and a half percent return above your entry price? Well, it's a seventy-two percent likelihood. Now, again, that's that means 28% of the time you won't, but I would take those odds any day. That is massively better than Las Vegas, right? Well, I'll tell you one thing, guys. I see a lot of people asking about the data in the chat. Well, you can guys just go ahead and take a look. Get your 30-day free trial, right? No credit card even needed. So if you haven't gotten your free trial, what are you guys waiting for? Check it out. Market Structure Edge, link in the chat, and of course, in the description. Always good to have you, Tim Quas. Always back. good to be here, guys. Thanks Thank you very much. Good to see you. Have a great Have week. Have a good one, Tim. All right, let's get back to the market. How are we looking, Joel? We're quiet. Quiet pre-market session here. Uh, just trading off the high, off six and a half, uh, up six and a half handles. So comfortably above the uh, the close here. So bulls still still in control here. I'm looking at your your mega cap tack uh, off the rebalance on Friday. They're all showing green. Except for Tesla. What's going on with Tesla? I believe we got a downgrade. Yeah. Tesla with a downgrade? I didn't even catch this one. What what we got there? We're going Uh, over right now. We were pitching that to you, but Tesla downgraded by it's UBS to neutral and raising price target to 270. I love that. I love that. I, I, you I love, love those downgrades, eh? That raise the price targets. Like, is it yeah, a real downgrade you know I mean? or is it just, you know, yeah. You know what this Doesn't is to me? Like... This is just a late to the boat <laughs> analyst. Uh, he sees the downturn. He was already ready to put out an analyst note about raising the target. But now he sees it getting hit. He's like, I'll downgrade it and raise the target because. It's just confusing when they do that. Downgrade, yeah. but raising the price target. It's not that they're they're not obviously very. Well, I guess he went to neutral. So he's just trying to, new, he's saying, take the money and run. It was an ugly couple of days for Tesla. Um, we know they had earnings that impacted it. Maybe the you know QQQ rebalance may have had a little bit of impact on Friday's action, but it was Netflix and Tesla. We can probably cover both of these together because they were two of the first big guns that reported. You know, not like the Microsofts and and Googles and Amazons that we're going to get this week, but these are big companies and both had okay earnings, but simply just ran too far into the reports. So it was the classic example of buy ahead and sell afterwards. And Netflix, let's talk this one here for a second because it's upgraded here today and it's still trading red, Joel. That's a rare one. You don't see that very often. Upgraded to buy at Baird, was trading higher, a lot higher earlier on today. And now it has completely given back the pre-market gains and has turned red. 
So pressure here for Netflix still. Yeah, looking at the uh, Netflix chart, you never want to see that. You want to see it regain that closing price at uh, at four twenty seven and a half, and work its way back into Friday's range. And Friday's high is way up at uh, thirty eight twenty four. And then we talked about this one earlier: the importance of uh, you know holding that current low at four twenty three sixteen. Tesla getting a hit here too, opening up near. Uh, uh, Friday's low. So when I see Friday's low coming in right there, bulls immediately need to step up here right at the 255.80. Not much under that. I'm going to look a little bit longer term and man, you got great. So I know it's a ways away, but looks like as long as you can stay above 240 here, yeah. uh, bulls still in control. I'll here give them that too. Tesla. I think this dip could get bought. I think bulls are in control. Did strike at 255 or do you get it at 250 today? Hard to say. Again, if we're playing the QQQ rebalance, Tesla was a little bit maybe under pressure last couple of days. That pressure could be relieved. Downgrade still keeping it down here today, but you never know. There could be. We're seeing a relief pop in Nvidia, Microsoft, uh, a little bit in Amazon here this morning. So could it roll over to Tesla? Could. I'm kind of interested in buying the dip here. All right. What about the UPS strike? As uh, roughly 340,000 employees prepare to go on strike nationwide and will they come after fedex will they come after ups today watch out well we've got odfl too which is trading down 22 points here i didn't even catch the headline i was trying actually to look for it and it's a hidden one there so you've got you know and then if you want to go to xpo it's trading down five percent as well here today. So both of those stocks getting hit, and then you got UPS trading down, and then you got FedEx trading down. It's kind of a little bit of a mess in uh, the shipping land here this morning. Yeah, coming after trucking for sure. Uh, well, this UPS so far, if you've been playing, uh, you know, the strike and the negative impact that. Well, it really hasn't been working. This thing has been rallying, trading down to buck thirty-five today. Looking at the, uh, just looking at the dailies here. Now you're trading below Friday's low, so I would look at that as resistance here, getting back uh, uh, in between Friday's low and the close, and then coming back on the downside. You just have you know daily lows that are about a buck apart. I just go for the look. If the bears really want to. Put the herd into this, then uh, I'd maybe take a look out for 182.60. That spots a pair of lows from last Monday and Tuesday. Also, just to kind of mention, I know it's not specifically with this, but keep your eyes out, of course, on the UAW. We'll see if they strike against Detroit's big three automakers, um, and that could happen at any moment. I'm keeping an eye on Ford and GM um, as Ford and GM start to come down here. I would be careful with these companies on yeah, any I, strike news. I think that that leads into like, uh, you know, the overall, you know, inflation picture, right? And something the Fed has to be, you know, aware of that, you know, uh, wages are the stickiest part of inflation here. And, you know, these strikes and potential demand for higher wages is uh, not going to be great for the inflation outlook. So we'll see how these, how these uh, strikes turn out. The chart last- don't look great there either. We we so as much as we can talk bullish on this market, there is a few stocks that are starting to look a little bit weaker. I don't like the GM chart from Friday. Mm-hmm. I think that Ford Lightning price cut spooked people. I think everybody thought the Lightning's going to kill it. 
and they were buying Ford up ahead of the Lightning, you know, and even, you know, and, and now that they're cutting the prices, they're like, oh, man, this is supposed to be their electric vehicle. This is the one that everybody's going to want to own. And when they're cutting the price on it this early after the release, you're like, holy, you know, this is not good news. So I think that's why Ford, I think that's obviously why I got hit last week, but I think it remains under pressure here. So I'm going to say guilty until proven innocent on both Ford and GM. I'm still long half my GM and my long-term account. I sold half of it, but I'm not liking that candle from Friday either. Almost feel like selling up if it is to rally up a little bit. I almost feel like dumping it out. We'll see what happens there on GM and Ford. Let's go to the last one I wanted to talk about, which is China's economy taking spotlight, of course, as the company ramps up measurements ahead of a key meeting, political meeting this week. Of course, they've given uh, recent uplifts to EV credits. Things like that has helped. Uh, you guys can see that in XPEV, LI. Those have really kind of started to get going. NIO, the, the China EVs. But I think now we really need to start watching to see if some of these tech companies can make a move. Uh, Baba definitely on my radar here. The 92 just standing out to me, maybe yeah. 91 right below it. Uh, this looks to me like it could maybe get a run into earnings. They report earnings Monday, August 7th. Of course, we'll see what happens here on Baba. Um, yeah, I think as a trade, and again, there's always it's geopolitical trade, risk, right? and we <laughs> never know. That's the boogeyman in the room, and you never know when that geopolitical risk might come to the you know the forefront here. But I mean, I don't mind the pullback on these stocks. Baidu is kind of going now. You're checked back to support here again at 140. I mean, your train is at the station on Baba and Baidu. So if you want to strike from a long trade, you kind of know where you're out is. I mean, if it starts to take out 90 Baba, I would say I'd stop myself out on that. But if you want to try to go in this for a pre-earnings run, which often does Windows Baba report, Mitch, do you know when they report? Monday. I just stated it. Monday. Or one, uh, one, one, week, one week one from week. today. Yeah. I, I love being in stocks four or five days before the report trading day. So that's when the pre-earnings run. If you want to just identify the pre-earnings run, it's usually for me starts about five days before the company report, five trading days. So you would be today would be the start of the pre-earnings run for Alibaba, which hasn't happened yet. But I don't mind the setup here. Again, geopolitical risk is always there, though. Yeah, I mean, when when is like we're gonna get a definitive? You know, like China, you know, is behind you know the the economy and helping companies. It seems like we get these like green lights, and then they never end up materializing. Uh, for Baba, um, it's had a nice rally, uh, nice you know quiet couple days on Thursday and Friday. Uh, good support, pair of lows in the lower 91 handle if you want to, uh, if you get a little retreat. And then coming on the upside, actually, you have matching ranges almost. Uh, pair of highs at 93.20 and pair of lows at 91.40. So there's uh, there's uh, some parameters for Alibaba. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up here on my part. S&P's up eight and a quarter, 45.73, a little bit of a weak close on Friday, but they're rebounding. For me, my key will be, you know, the big tech, uh, the Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, NVIDIA. They're showing, yeah. they're showing green. If they, you know, show green that first 15-minute bracket, hold their open, rally back up. If they, you know, they're still big, uh, big part of the index as they start to roll over. Uh, maybe we'll get a look at uh, that. Right now, it's a pair of lows at the 45, 60 area. So and the textbook to trade worked. I just want to recap it here again for those who join late. The textbook trade is working here. The textbook trade was to buy the close on these things Friday. 
because there was pressure on the QQQ rebalance that happened at the close. People asking they, they're getting, you know, because it was confusing because some people think it's happening close today. It's not. It's at the open today. So it would have been at the, the close on Friday. And that's why you had the big sell imbalance in NVIDIA. And it was really knocking the price down at the close. That is completely rebounded. It's up four dollars. And people say, well, what's the news? I think there's no news here. I think it's mainly just that rebalance trade going the other way here. So textbook would say, actually, it is supposed to show strength today. That is exactly what we are seeing in the pre-market in NVIDIA and Microsoft. Okay. All right. That's going to do it for us. Like always, you guys can keep up with Joel Alconin on pre-market prep plus, and of course, the closing print. And Dennis Dick. I got a phone call, so I'm going to hop there too. Have a good one, Dennis. Dennis is out of here. We're going to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. And of course, if you haven't joined the book club already, go ahead and join the book club. We will meet, be meeting again this Tuesday, of course, every Tuesday night at 730. It's the only exclusive club here on our YouTube. So if you guys want to go ahead and check out the book club, you have to hit that link and join up. Like always, it's free of charge. It's one way that I am able to give back to you guys, our traders out there, to keep upping their skill to the next level. Now to get you guys over to live trading, Lord Ryan and I are ready to get after it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. I had a great weekend. As you guys can see, a little trophy back there. Uh, find out why I got a trophy and find out why I want to get another trophy in the trading game today as I get after it, of course, with the small account challenge. And remember how uh, I think it was uh, Tim Quast has said uh, one out of 10 traders are able to beat the benchmark right now in Moomoo. I'm up 25% on the account. I think I might be beating the benchmark. Come find out on live trading. I'll see you guys over. Hit the like. Let's keep it going right here on Benzinga. Of course, the number one place to keep growing your trading skills and leveling the playing field, of course. We'll see you guys over. Let's get after it.